Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. We're going to be on episode number 36. And in this episode, this is a part two of my chat with Luthius. And I think this one is going to be unlike anything um, anyone in the Outlands community has probably ever heard before. And it's really more of the people side of Outlands and who is Luthius and kind of peel back the layers. And I think sometimes, uh, and, and, I, and I hear it in my own guild sometimes, we forget that, you know, these are actually just people, right? They're not robots. Uh, you know, they are actual people that are passionate about the game. Perhaps you may have a difference of opinion. That's okay. But it, it was really cool to sit down with Luthius and just totally like geek out, right? And talk about, you know, different games, different experiences. And literally towards the end, I really had to, you know, end end the conversation early because we ran out of time. Uh, it was it was literally, you know, that long, which I totally loved. Like it was awesome, you know, and I think you'll be interested to hear that he is the games that he likes to play. I feel like are very analytical in nature, which totally fits his, you know, type of profile because some of the games he mentions, like I would probably never touch because they're just very intricate, you know, very uh, hard to get into, uh, very micromanaging kind of deal uh, with the tasks in these games you'll get to see. Um, but it was definitely just a great, you know, just a human conversation. And it's rare I get to do this. And it just goes, you know, more to the fact of how much I absolutely respect, you know, the work that Luthius has done. I, I know there's <clears throat> different opinions and people may have a lot of criticisms, but I will say, you know, that Outlands is one of one. And I think outlands aside right luthius is the best ultima online programmer we have seen since i will say the golden age right of you know garriott and, and the whole crew way 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 back then that, that's my personal hot take i know that might be controversial but that's that's the god's honest truth now it's also quite fascinating to me that you know luthius actually does play other games. Uh, that was one thing I really wondered. I'm like, Outlands is such a, uh, I don't even know how to how to say it, a, a juggernaut on its own that can someone, you know, really play another game side by side or what, you know, what is he doing his off time? Is there off time, right? Um, so I, I think you guys will really enjoy this uh, episode. It, like I said, it, it's uh, very relaxing. Uh, I think easy to listen to. I believe we flow, I mean, just incredibly well together. So hopefully uh, you guys enjoy this one. Uh, just some housekeeping stuff upcoming. I do have uh, some more special guests. Um, so please keep listening. Uh, please keep supporting me. I sincerely appreciate all everyone's emails, Discord messages. Um, so sincerely, uh, thank you for listening and we'll catch you all next time. All right, guys, uh, I am sitting back down with Luthius for a special two-part uh, episode here. And uh, first of all, good evening, Luthius. How you doing, man? I'm doing, doing well still. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been a long time. Um, I wanted to kind of, you know, well, I'm not sure if you have hair or not, but proverbially let the hair down, 
right? And kind of see a different side, I think, of, you know, a, I would say, developer, you know, that we always see the business side, you know? And this is the uh, the After Hours podcast. Yeah, actually, I should uh, I should charge people for this episode. <laughs> um, no, man, I, I wanted to kind of like get you know just just more of the human side of of who you are because I think and and you know you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like sometimes people forget that you're you are a person. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's it's. I mean, it's it's in general anybody who's in any sort of. I mean, technically, a, you know, like a. a a authority figure on, on a server, like either administrator or developer or something else. Yeah, that the the interactions you have with them tend to be a lot different, and you make kind of assumptions about people. So I, yeah, I think I think people probably have a very different different impression of what I am in real life, what Owen's like in real life, and um, yeah, just that sort of weird. No, for sure. Yeah, you 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 don't you don't like kind of see them as an actual normal human most of the time. <laughs> You're right. You're just like, this guy is either annoying me, he needs to fix this, you know, or whatever. It's usually some extreme, I think people have. Um, so I'm going to hit you with one. I didn't actually put a bullet point um, too, but um, okay. So I, I'm Luthius, right? I wake up to start my day. Man, what am I having? Am I having coffee? Am I cracking open a Red Bull? What, what's your kind of, you know, what is your go-to drink? In in the morning, probably actually, okay. I'm one of those those really weird people you see at the if you know if you work in an office. I'm one of those weird people who will drink uh, soda at nine a.m. I, I oh, don't drink wow. coffee. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm I don't drink coffee. Uh, I'm a huge soda fan, and so okay. I'm I'm that, I'm that guy. Okay, so, so gonna, it, it's gonna be you, Coke probably. You're you're talking my language because I am a um, I like to say I'm an ex soda connoisseur because it. Um, it really does a number on me in the weight department because I, I, I literally, I'm telling you, Luthius, if, if I was single and I was left to my own, you know, whatever I wanted to do, I'd probably have a two liter <laughs> on my computer and I would just be chugging it because I have been caught many times down a bad soda, you know, alley. Now, are you, you're a Coke guy or what's, what's kind of your, what's yeah, your yeah. Gym? It's, <laughs> uh Yeah, that's it. In the, uh, the Coke Pepsi wars, I was firmly on the uh, Coke uh, Coke side actually. So I, okay. I think Pepsi is super. I think Pepsi is super gross unless it's actually in a restaurant. For some bizarre reason, like Coke in a, or Pepsi in a glass tastes actually pretty good, but in a can tastes horrific. I don't know why, but something about it. So, and I'm gonna go in the weeds here for a second because you, you sparked something that I'm very interested in. Um, I will sometimes, specifically, if there's a new restaurant or you know new place opens here. Okay, I'm not kidding you. And, and my wife is mid. Perhaps this is why we're together. We're on the same boat. We both <laughs> immediately say, "Man, they probably got brand new soda guns. We got to check it out. The syrup's probably on point." <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I, I I think there's something to be said for like some of the, some of the older machines. I don't know. I don't know why, but I, I kind of like uh, broken in ones that are like an old wow. like the old Pizza Hut ones. Like if you go to an, old, oh, an actual yeah. sit down Pizza Hut restaurant, which I mean I don't know if they even exist anymore. They maybe have a couple but like uh just the just the older ones something about that is just great i don't know man sort I, of baked in patina on, on the <laughs> about the whole thing <laughs> all right i'm gonna tell you a story and then we'll, we'll keep going but i had to tell my son this because he didn't really believe me but um in a, in a past life long long ago i was uh at a whataburger very late at night i'm talking i think it was like midnight 1am or something like that and I'm having a you know basic 
combo meal, burger, fry, whatever. Right? Nothing, nothing fancy. I, sure. um, you know, I, I have my cup. I get my soda. I sit down. I look over, and there's a guy, big burly guy, right? I mean, he looked he looked to be a truck driver, is what the, the stereotypical you know thing was, right? I'm like, okay. In my head, I'm thinking, all right. This guy's been around some soda machines. I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> and it, it is at this point, Luthius, I realized that I am nowhere near a, you know, a, a soda professional level that this guy was at. He had the biggest, you know, I mean, damn, it had to have been a, I mean, maybe a half a liter. I don't even know. Maybe a full liter. I don't, this cup was huge. I'm like, all right. He hits up the Coke. All right, Coke's coming down. He did something. He stops a quarter of the way through. And I'm like... Surely he's not done. He goes over to the Dr. Pepper and hits up the rest of it with Dr. Pepper. And it wasn't the fact that he because mi mixing soda is nothing. That's nothing new. It's been done. However, the ratio, the, you know, the exact ratio this guy had, that, it blew my mind, man. So do you mix or what? No, I, I don't. The, uh, the the term for that is a suicide. At least, at least I think it does. Oh, wow. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So the, some people, I don't know if this is this is more of a kid kids kids showing off when they're little, but you basically take a a Taco Bell or someplace, you would hit all the um, ones that you know the fountain ones where you actually have, you know you, you can serve yourself. And, yeah. yeah. You, you put you put a bit of everything in them, and I think it's called a suicide. Uh, and the best thing I can describe it is: Do you ever do you remember OK Soda? No, I don't remember that. Okay, I mean, I, I mean, I'm 39 years old. I think when I was probably like late elementary, it's probably yeah, elementary and middle school. Okay, soda came out, and I think that's basically the closest thing I can think of is, okay, soda was essentially just a mix of a bunch of different syrups that they had left over. And right. They put in the can. They, they put in the can. I think that's I think that's actually what it was. Um, a bunch of companies had a bunch of leftover old syrup, and they, they combine them together and sell it. And that's kind of what a a suicide is. You just you combine. You know, like Seven Up and Mountain Dew, and maybe maybe Coke, probably not, but like some something at least kind of citrusy a little bit. But well, okay, so we didn't call it a suicide, but we I remember I did try like mixing every one of them. I remember it tasted terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, I, yeah, because if you're if you're mixing like yeah anything that's anything that's that's citrus with non-citrus, you, you you've already you've already wrecked it. I mean, it's, it, there's, there's no way to <laughs> mix them really. But now, okay, now up now up there, you're calling it pop, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, that that was a big well, thing. Okay, now. so everyone everyone calls it pop, but I've purposely on my own tried to say soda just because I know if I go somewhere else and, I'll, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm conditioned to say pop, they're gonna be like, "What, what are you talking about?" So yeah. I know also, I mean, uh, out in the south, everything's Coke. Is that is that the word? Oh, just a soda. It? Yeah, like yeah, it's just you're having a soda, whatever. And okay. now I'll, I'll say this too: when I um, when I moved to Texas, right, um, someone. Someone told me, they're like, oh, you know, uh, the soda's really good here, whatever. And someone mentioned Dr. Pepper specifically, and I, I didn't really think anything of it. However, I went to, hell, I don't know, just pick any, you know, gas station, whatever. Just got a soda, you know, went to the soda fountain. I got a Dr. Pepper, and I took a sip, and I was like, holy crap, this is really good. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, man, the Dr. Pepper, because it's... Made and bottled in Texas, it tastes better than anywhere else in the country. I kid you not. Um, yeah, and that that really turned me on to Dr. Pepper because a lot of people are not like Dr. Pepper is a man that's a love hate. Either you really like it or you can't stand it. Where are you in that? Well, okay, so I, I, a lot of people who know me, at least even on Outlands, know that I eat Chipotle a lot, probably like once okay. a week. And Chipotle has Mr. Pib instead, which I've actually kind of. Uh. 
grown fond of. I, I never drank that growing up, but I've since I've been eating Chipotle the last few years, I've kind of grown grown fond of Mr. Pib, which is obviously the kind of the the uh, the dollar store version. <laughs> <laughs> of, the, of the DP, but uh, okay. Um, well, I'm I'm gonna put together a GoFundMe to get you a case of Dr Pepper or something. <laughs> you well, can't I'm, have I'm, that. Okay, I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. Oh, and uh, on that point at Chipotle, um, I'll have you know. So they opened a new one here. They we have a normal Chipotle that we've all seen. They opened this new one, and it has a Chipotle Lane drive-through. I don't know what it's called. It's called oh. something. I don't know if it's like the power zone, whatever, right? Whatever their marketing gimmick is. But <laughs> so we, you know, I order my uh, bowl, man, you pull right through that drive through and it, there's like an assembly line and it's all ready for you. Oh, you know, here you go. Here's your food. Boom. No so problem. Is, there, is there, is there, is there like a window showing you what your options are for the fixings and stuff? Not fixings, you know, the, the like, no, so like you just do it in the app. Like you, it's like a, oh, okay, you know, okay, 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 sure. Yeah, and but it, it's so awesome because like you don't have to like go inside and like you know like maybe try to not cut everyone, but you're trying to go through the you know pickup line. <laughs> it's that awkward dance in some locations, but this one, man, it's just a drive-through, and it's like it's it's awesome. Like they they totally nailed it because I think what they realize is most people are ordering either on the app, or DoorDash, you know, whatever online and, and there are not many people are just sitting down not i don't think because of covid but just in general right a lot of people are just getting it for to sure. go um, yeah i mean yeah i mean effectively i mean for all the to-go orders they're just putting them on a shelf so if you're you might as well put a window that you can drive through and then you know just like right. hand them off through a window um and get more you know more more business so yeah more, more, that makes sense to me yeah, one of my Seinfeld ideas that I told my wife I should be a millionaire was uh, I was like, there should be a sub shop that has a drive through. <laughs> I thought you were saying I didn't say pizza because the whole Seinfeld thing was where Kramer makes his own, his own pizza place, I think. But, yeah, Man, I remember, uh, gosh, I think it was three years ago or so. And we're sitting to go down to bed. And, and you know, usually we just throw on Netflix, whatever whatever show just to fall asleep to. And I remember like scrolling through Seinfeld and my wife's like, What's that? And I was like, oh, she's joking. What are you joking? Yeah. She's like, no, I, I don't know. I'm like, are you? You've really never. I said, okay. So we get through the first couple episodes, and I could tell, and I do agree, the first couple are a little rough, right? To kind of sure, get. Sure. I mean, yeah, for most comedies in general, the first season, they're, they're still feeling things out. And they don't quite know what they're doing yet. Right. But. And then as we migrated through, I mean, good Lord, like she got it. And it. And even I've showed my son some of the clips. He wants to really watch a full. He's not old enough yet to watch all of it, but um, we've shown him some clips. And that's been a state. The office in Seinfeld in this house is a staple for sure um, for content. Uh, are you an office fan, I assume? Yeah, actually, I think so. I had this weird thing where I watched the first five seasons of The Office. I think it was the, I don't know what the actual episode name, but I know the very specific moments where I think I got burned out on it. It was the, um, the dinner party with the plasma TV. Yeah, like yeah, on the wall. I think that was that was the most awkward moment I, from the show I, I'd seen at that point, and I kind of put it on the shelf for a bit. And it wasn't until actually maybe I think a year ago where I went through and rewatched the whole series and got past yeah. that and finished out through seasons. I think season nine. Well, so, yeah, I actually, think... no. oh, go ahead. Oh, I was like, well, because I think overall I was actually probably more of a Parks and Rec and Community fan. Well, Parks and Rec, and then also Community Community fan than Office, just because. I feel like um, those were a little more, or a little less mean spirited. The Office is one of those things where you have to really, you have to really 
buy into the whole like these characters actually kind of like each other, even though they're being gigantic <laughs> dicks, dicks to each other. Right. It's the same, which I which is weird because I absolutely love Always Sunny, even though they're even way worse people. But for some reason, yeah, I don't know. It's but I, I yeah, The Office I'm fully in on, and I even like the the later seasons that most people kind of you know crap on. It has well, it has some it has some rough spots, but I I still actually overall like the later seasons. I feel like, you know, I have a love, hey, I really like Steve Carell. I, I, I love some of the main characters, but I think, I'm not, I'm not sure if they just made the, the whole series too long. But yeah, some of the decisions of characters and directions they went, I thought was a little odd. It was a little like, eh, it's like, let's just, you know, get to the next episode. I wasn't really too yeah, fond yeah. of it, you know, but I think that's for any, any show. But okay, so I'm going to get back on track, man. We, we, sure, we sure. went off, off the <laughs> reservation. Um, okay, so... Tell me, like, you know, as you were growing up, you know, what was your favorite, you know, genre of, you know, game or, you know, just in gaming in general? Yeah, so growing up, I, I was kind of, kind of, I mean, I, we were a household that actually were pretty into PC gaming. Well, okay, so when I say the household, I, I, it's, it's mostly me, but my dad, <laughs> my, my, my dad had, my dad had an interest in computers for a long time. So I was actually, I mean, from the age of like three and four, but I was basically learning essentially just basically, you know, um, just starting out with like understanding spelling and words was already getting into computer stuff. Okay. And so yeah, I grew up with PC gaming. Um, I think some of the original ones, I mean, obviously when I was little, it was mostly kind of you know, like Sesame Street games and kind of the, you know, the basic stuff that are geared for towards five-year-olds. Right. Uh, I think actually my sister and I, when we were, even when we were still like five, six, we're getting into King's Quest and very early on. Uh, graphic adventures ones where you're still typing in what you're doing by text, which is yeah, <laughs> which is, which, is, which if players don't know how frustrating things are until you've actually had to try to solve a quest by typing in a you know like a, a, an actual sentence of what you want to do, and that, it's it's a unique experience. But um, yeah, so growing up, um, it was both Nintendo and PC. I think probably more PC than Nintendo in general. But like, um, so as far as the classic games that I, I, I think of still now. Um, I mean, I played Ultimate Underworld, which actually was my first first real and probably, to be honest, my only real significant Ultima uh, background for games. Yeah, I played Ultima Eight a little bit, but the my computer at the time kind of sucked. So the game, was, <laughs> the game the game ran as a slideshow. It looked really neat, and I loved the interface and I loved the how you know I, the isometric style was cool, but it ran like crap. So I really never, I didn't get too far into it. Right, uh, Ultima, Ultima Underworld was amazing. And even even I mean even to this day, it still kind of holds up, which is pretty unusual for any sort of game at all to even be playable where you're not just like disgusted at looking at it. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, there's there's the thing to be said about like you know I think there's nostalgia and then there's like the retro side to it, and we've even seen you know in 2022, I mean retro gaming period is still very much in. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean, even just this. I mean, there there are games I've played now that look worse than that, uh, purposely. Like it's, I mean, obviously, like Valheim is something where, I mean, I would, I would say it looks worse, but it's 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 pretty it's pretty comparable. Uh, yeah. Like there's there's the games like Delver and, um, but yeah, just that sort of retro style. What's interesting is Ultimate Underworld. I, mean, I don't know if a lot of people know this. Some people probably do. But Ultimate Underworld came out before. Um, uh, Oh, uh, Castle Wolfenstein, which is weird oh, because okay. because Ultima, Ultima, Underworld had actual an actual physics engine. It had you could look, it had, it had mouse looking, and that game actually came out before that, which is kind of kind of crazy to think about. Hmm. It's the sheer amount of technical 
stuff that uh, looking I think it was Looking Glass Studios did on that. And but yeah, I so know. I I like I almost feel like you know in today's you know game development, it's more of it's not that I can't do it; it's I don't have the resources or money to do it. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. I think I think yeah, I think it's a combination of one, you like the aesthetic, and two, yeah, it's it's you 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 turn your weakness into a strength in terms of not having the the you know the ability to have run to have a whole bunch of you know three D artists and things, and you turn that into a strength. So, which is kind of a neat, a neat idea that you know people yeah. Can, no, for make, sure. Make do, and, and that's, and that, even not even just make do, but just like make something amazing. Like there's certain games. I'll, I'll get to it a little bit, but like um, obviously like Stardew Valley, where you you're capitalizing on having a very very specific type of you know Nintendo Super Nintendo era graphics and making the most out of it. Right, and and I think you know you touched on um, you said Nintendo, so I'm assuming you were a Nintendo guy growing up. Is that true? Yeah. So going back to the Coke Pepsi thing, where I feel like a lot of things growing up in my life, I took sides on, and I was I was very very on the side of Nintendo versus Sega. Yeah. So I grew up. Yeah. So I grew up with, with Nintendo and Super Nintendo and Game Boy, and um, so as far yeah, like I I, I kind of grew up on um, I think like, like Final Fantasy, the original one when it came out. I think I now, rented Final. Go ahead, go ahead. Now I'm gonna blow your mind because now I, I was definitely um, Team Nintendo for sure. Always it was reliable. The games were killer. Now I don't and I gosh I, I can't remember how I got a Sega Genesis. I, I honestly God I don't remember because it wasn't like a Christmas. Maybe it was a birthday because it wasn't a Christmas thing. Because I remember the Nintendo 64, like getting that as that was like. Dude, I thought like that was it. We couldn't hit any more <laughs> peak of gaming, <laughs> you know, than that. But I remember the Sega Genesis, and I, and gosh, I'm telling you, people think I'm almost making this up. But if you research it, it's true. I had something that was way above, like ahead of its time. I, I think it ended up failing, but it was called Sega Channel. Okay. Oh and, yeah, yeah. No. I, oh, you yeah, go, go, go ahead. Oh no, because hotels would. I, I, I think about once a year, my family would go on vacation somewhere. And we usually stayed at a hotel. And yeah. Then, and about half the hotels we stayed at had the Sega channel installed, but you had to pay for it. Yes. So the, and I, I don't think I ever once, once actually was able to convince my parents. I mean, I, I didn't push hard for it because, I, again, I wasn't, like a Sega, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't a Sega person. But I these hotels would have have this thing. And I was like, I was like wow, I wonder what that looks like. And Well, and I, I remember – you're, you're probably the only person ever to say yes. I remember that because – I remember it was myself and my friend, and I remember he had a Sega as well. And like we must have both convinced our parents, I don't know, get it. I'm almost certain you had to pay the cable company because it was this massive, like, I'm, and I'm trying to describe it, you know, but it was almost like another Sega Genesis system <laughs> plugged into the cartridge thing. It was, oh, yeah, it was no, huge. It's it's so I think it had some sort of green green coloration. It was black and green, I think. Because I remember seeing that I, I always like you know they, if you go to a hotel they'll they'll have you know like the the actual the box setup but right. then like they usually they usually display it prominently somewhere else next to the TV. And I remember always seeing that thing and that was the coolest. Actually, I, I was on vacation I think when I was like in fifth grade. My sister and I were with my with my um, mom and dad on vacation, and we were at a pool just hanging out. And there was a couple kids nearby, and we started talking to them and hanging out. I think we spent like the whole afternoon just kind of hanging out with these kids at the pool. And one of them said, "Hey, do you guys want to play Sega? Um, play play Sega?" And I'm like, "Really?" 
and yeah, we went, we went to the kid's room, and he he had the Sega channel. His parents bought or his parents paid oh, for it. Oh wow! And I think we played like Toe Jam and Earl or something. It was some games. I obviously I wasn't a Sega person, but it was a game I'd never seen before. And I was like, wow, okay, that's kind of that's different. But yeah, and because you had to pump a coat, and this is why I say I think you had to pay the cable company because there was a coax cable. I remember that went into you know the top of it, and I, I remember distinctly every month I'd call my buddy up and I say, hey man. You see the new games, and in the inter- every thirty days, it would rotate the games, right? And then, and I know for some of you young folk, they don't understand. I'm about to blow your mind. We, I had to when you clicked the game, it loaded it through coax, which Luthias, I'll be honest, man, I have no idea what speed that was, but good lord, it, it would take a minute <laughs> for that thing to load up the game because it loaded it. I guess you know. I, like in real time, right? Like there was no like, you know, store, there was no hard drive on a Sega Genesis, or, you know, really, but it, it just loaded it. So if you wanted to get out of that game, you had to reselect something and re-download that whole game, like every time. Oh, yeah. I just so, yeah, yeah. And I don't remember I, 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 it fizzled I, 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 I out. Well, yeah, so I think at this point, yeah, the the idea of a, such um, games as a, as a service had not even been, you, you know, remotely considered. If you've right. listened to, you know, obviously you've talked to, you know, um, uh, start along and stuff and talk about how when, when they were doing Ultima, they like the, all that stuff and had had never really been been done before even like that the, the idea of paying a monthly fee for something like that was a foreign concept to people so yeah i think well, the yeah. second thing yeah it was it was before its time it's kind of ironic that it you know now i mean people would kill for that sort of thing i mean people people already do technically you know have you know subscriptions like that sort of yeah i mean it was just it was so wild in a head like it and i think God, I wish people could experience that back then because it pushed the limits of what, you know, I think technology was even capable of. Because I remember, man, I mean, distinctly, I never really had a problem with that thing. That thing, like, ran no problem. I, and I remember, like I said, call my buddy every every month. We would say, what game? I remember playing Road Rash. Gosh, it's old. Um, on there. Um, and, yeah, that was just, it was sick. So, okay. And back to the Nintendo. You had a Nintendo 64, I assume, right? Uh, actually, no. I, so, <laughs> I had Nintendo. I had Super Nintendo, and then for some reason we had we had a bit of a gap where we didn't actually have system. And okay. I, I think I think at that point, so I basically, I basically missed the N sixty four generation where we didn't actually have an. Wow. Uh, I was I think I was I was coasting still on the the late gen uh, Super Super Nintendo RPGs, so like the Crown Triggers and the kind of the Square Enix ones that were yeah. the end of the life cycle. And then I pretty much I think just played PC. Probably the last two three years before college, but then I got into PS the PS one. Okay. At that point, but but yeah, actually to, 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 to kind of go back as far as like the you know kind of like the, the PC side of stuff, um, as far as like the actual like genres of games I played, I think it was kind of all over the place. Uh, I was really into. I mean, obviously, Ultima Underworld I mentioned was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, have, have you ever heard of Betrayal at Crondor? No. What's that? Okay. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a handful of uh, RPGs that were that came out probably in the, like in, in anywhere from like '92 to '94 that were some of the best ones. I think. I mean, to be j- perfectly honest, some of the best ones that were, I think ever created. Uh, there's Betrayal Crondor was based off of a a book series. The the it's interesting because the game was one of the, I mean, this doesn't really happen too often. The only ones I can really think of are, I mean, obviously like the Witcher yeah. ones, but the, uh, I mean, that, that, that's a little different, but, but the, so the Patriot Crondor was, um, it was a game, it was an RPG that was created where the actual author of the book series coordinated with the game, game developers and basically made a, 
um, a game based on his universe, and it's it's absolutely fantastic. It's one of the wow. I still think it's one of the best RPGs ever made in terms of uh, it's tactical. It has a lot of exploration. It has an overworld that you can uh, navigate in, kind of like Skyrim. It basically feels like a. I mean, it's it's like it's technically I mean the Elder Scrolls they they do have some of the older Elder Scrolls, but it, it feels a lot like a very very good version of Elder Scrolls stuff before that thing was even really you know a, a thing popular. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, have, have you heard of Dark Dark Sun? No. Uh, Dark Sun is a is a D and D property that's all it's all desert based. Uh, it's basically it's basically D and D in the desert. Okay, and it's actually one of the, the original Dark Sun was one of the best like RPGs ever made too. It's 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 kind of the precursor to uh, Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale. So if you like those okay. types of yeah. games, this was like the, one of the first first times where they, they actually made a kind of a, uh, a game like that, and it's it's it's, it's pretty great. So I, I spent a lot of time playing RPGs like that. Uh, but then again, I also played like Mech Warrior Two Mercenaries. I, I kind of loved like the simulation type stuff. Did you ever have a joystick for that game? I did. I I did, and it was it was, <laughs> yeah. it, was it was one of those things where the, my jo- the joystick I had was not great. It was good, but not great. Sure, yeah, I think yeah. I, I think I would have been better off just sticking to the keyboard at that point. Uh, like I, I remember like playing Mech Warrior, and gosh, you know, back then, man, if and you know, my memories is really re- like fading here, but I think the top of the line graphics was like a Voodoo graphics oh, card, the, maybe uh, Voodoo effects, I think. Yeah, and I never could afford that. By the way, no way. That, I, I honestly, I honestly have no idea what what graphics stuff we had. <laughs> we, 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 I, I had a I had a four eighty six called a Vendex. I don't know what much about much else about that. Yeah. And then I had then I had a, a compact Presario, which was a kind of a piece oh, of crap. But yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I told the story with this. I don't know if it was to you or if it was to some to a different pot. I mean, to like the Inside Outlands. But I actually, yeah. I so we got this PC. I think around maybe like ninety five or so, maybe ninety four. And this this PC came with the, the kind of weird shaped monitor. They compact um, had they they tried it was like to, an they egg, tried, wasn't it? Kind of. They tried they tried to do the the iMac <laughs> style <laughs> monitor before before Apple did it, I think. And it had this weird kind of curvature to it. And whatever they did with the, with the, the the brightness settings on this thing were terrible because like the brightest, I mean, like literally the brightest setting you could you could set on this monitor was like below the average for other monitors. Right. And when I played this on Ultima Online back in, I mean, like probably 97, 98, the, if you go into, in, into a dungeon, um, it, dungeons were completely pitch black on this monitor. And if I put Night Sight on, it was, it was hard. I, I could see, but it was, I had to squint still. So I played almost most of Ultima Online for, I think, 97, 98 uh, in dungeons where I was kind of squinting seeing stuff just because the monitor I had was so crappy. <laughs> right. Wow. That's crazy. Um, man, because I yeah I don't I only had the integrated graphics right, like I mean yeah I have... this, this, this probably this probably had the compact probably had a very very generic uh whatever the setup was it was probably not not top of the line or anything for that era I, I doubt no yeah because no one could ever I'm gosh I remember I think I like maybe going into well back in down south we had like Comp USA's they went out of business yeah, but I remember going. Yep. Yeah, uh, we we went we went on those too. I, I spent a lot of time in there looking, just looking <laughs> at game, games and stuff. Oh yeah, and I remember like uh, you know looking at those graphics cards, and, and I and I was like, man, these are I don't even remember the price on them. I God, I don't even remember. Um, but yeah, no, that that was way out of my league uh, for sure. Um, so okay, uh, 
what and, and maybe you've kind of already touched on this but are there any games and this could be um you know current day it doesn't have to be old like are there any games that because i think you have a very analytical interesting view on things right and you're gonna see things that uh you know i'll call myself a caveman because I, I don't i don't know <laughs> right i just don't know that side of like coding and what goes into it are there any games that you've played recently or older that really like stood out to you like wow the development or whatever it was in this game was really something special yeah so as far i mean i, I think you can kind of break it down into certain reasons why it's it, it seems unique and kind of uh impressive i think one one thing that's a lot of people initially doesn't it probably doesn't seem that impressive but like RimWorld, uh have you seen seen like RimWorld or played it yeah I've, I've seen it i have never played it but yeah i have seen it like on steam or whatever yeah okay so yeah RimWorld is actually it's a, it's a game that was entirely created by one single dude it's a, a guy named tynan sylvester he's um i'm not sure what country he's from uh if it's like it's it, i think i think it's, it's scandinavian but yeah this guy made the, the whole thing himself which okay. is kind of the reason why the graphics are very rudimentary, but the something about them is kind of weirdly endearing. I don't know why. It just like it has that kind of UO feel where it's they're super old and I mean on purpose and basic, but it just has a lot of character to them. But uh, RimWorld is it's just it's just fascinating because this game has so many different moving parts going on constantly and interacting right. with each other. It's like if you if you in the game it's a it's a game where you build a colony and you, you have to survive, and each colonist has. Like if you've, if you've played the game The Sims, all the Sims have these different like you know the different needs right. meters. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this game, yeah, this game is basically The Sims on steroids because each individual person has all these like insane levels of individual uh, stats that are tracking what what things are doing. Um, individual interactions that they have with people are constantly being tracked. Like you can see a log of every one of their interactions from the last like day or two. Wow. And each little interaction will have some sort of an effect on. Um, something like so every, every relationship that, that they have with somebody else like if somebody talks to them about let's say like uh, you know your one colonist talk to the other person about um, machine guns that person may may or may not like them for a day based on their conversation that they had and it, it gets like really in the weeds on these little factors that keep on steamrolling and affecting their mood affecting what sort of things they can do and just the sheer amount of like the sheer amount of stats, the sheer amount of working balls, balls are being juggled at the same time that this guy, this guy managed to make an F actually functional game out of his, it really impressed me. I don't know. I just kind of marvel no, and, at how much. It's funny what you just described, I think is why when I saw the game, I looked at like the description and I'm like, Nope. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it yeah. It's so it, complex. <laughs> oh yeah. Some people, some people love micromanagement and some people hate it. And, and this is a game that's weird because the, the, your, I mean, you can, you can tell your, your people what to do, but at the same time, they also kind of have their own, their own moods and they'll do their own things. Right. And just that level of sheer, I mean, like it, it's a, it's a lot of work to just manage and to keep track of all the moving parts in this game. And if you're, you know, if you're like, if you're an analytical person, uh, that stuff's kind of fascinating. And I, I, I think it's kind of a really, really neat. To the point where I've, I think I have like 750 hours on on Steam over the last like wow. probably yeah, this is over the last like like nine years or, or so. But like, uh, no, still, I've, yeah, that now okay. So that's it's, 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 on, it's on the, yeah, it's on the top of my list for um. I, I actually, I, when you mentioned this. When, the the concept of it, I I went to Steam to look at my uh, <laughs> my games rated by hours. Yeah, and this one's probably double the next the next one. 
So go ahead. Which, What's your top yeah game then? That was your next well, question. Here, here's another here's another funny thing. So I'm actually a big Metal Gear Solid fan. Like wow, um, okay. I, I, which which actually is, which also segues into another thing. I think that the Metal Gear Solid in general, even when it's it's bonkers, the game the games are just ridiculous. They don't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> they're they're purposely obtuse and they're just they're bizarre for the sake of being bizarre. But they have a every 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 Metal Gear Solid game that comes out has a whole bunch of really amazing complexity and interactivity, uh, technical design things that you've never seen in a game before. Like right. I remember when, when uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 came out, which was the first one I think I played actually as it came out. Uh, it, it was just astounding the amount of ways you can interact with things. Right. But uh, uh, as far as, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, what is your top played game? Was well, like, yeah. So the reason I mentioned that is that I I played Metal Gear Solid Five and I I didn't beat it. I kind of liked it, but it was I wasn't smitten with it. But yeah. Metal Gear Solid was weird because they the, as a kind of a promo for the game they launched the game with a with a demo called um, uh, Ground Zeroes. And okay. The actual the actual game is about the actual demo is about two hours long. You can technically I think. If you really, really want to stretch it, you can probably get about five to ten hours out of gameplay out of it. But really, it's a, it's a two-hour demo for the actual full game. And some for whatever reason, Steam thought that I had the game running constantly. <laughs> yeah, I, I shut it down and I closed it out. And the game was—I mean, the game was not running. But for some reason, Steam had a weird hiccup where I thought I was playing this game still. So I have 538 hours of Metal Gear Solid <laughs> Ground Zeroes, at, which is a two-hour demo, as my second most popular game for some bizarre reason. Which just looks like an which looks like an insane person, you know, from a outside perspective that you. Right. Yeah. But uh. That's number. I think it's number two. Number three is probably Skyrim, just because I'm actually. This probably wouldn't surprise you at all, but I'm actually a huge uh, modder. I, I'm, I've been really into modding uh, in the past. Uh, so well, you, so you create the mods then? Well, for, okay. So for Skyrim, it was actually me playing more mods and reinstalling okay. them, and I think probably I mean like 300 hours of the gameplay is me just trying out mods and replaying it with like 100 different mods going at once. Uh, so I've. I've never actually beaten Skyrim, and I've never even gotten close because I keep on playing it, and I'll play it for twenty hours with a bunch of new mods, and then then you know install it, and then like two months later do it again. So I've I, I just kind of like like seeing what people in the community do for that type of thing. Uh, there's been some amazing mods where people add like a whole entire survival element with like winter, where you actually right. have to like uh, you have to have bedrolls that in a, in a an actual campsite if you're outside and when it's cold out. But that kind of stuff to me is I I, I find fascinating. Okay, so we're gonna. Um, but as far as my, well, so as far as my my own, my own actual modding, I did a ton of modding with um, uh, Morrowind and Oblivion, and then also okay. Fallout Three. Uh, and actually, and then to cycle back, well, even one more time here, uh, I think before before I started working on Outlands, uh, kind of in between Outlands and The Last of Roseon and Corp Two, I, I discovered RimWorld and I got into it, and I decided to make a RimWorld uh, UO mod, Ultima mod. Okay. I spent about probably two months converting uh, bitmap graphics from Ultima and flattening them because obviously the UO is isometric and RimWorld is top down. I spent two months flattening all these images of armor and weapons and food and uh, trying to basically convert RimWorld into a UO mod. I eventually gave up on it, but it actually got, I got I got decently far into it though. Wow. Okay. So, and this is kind of segmenting to a few different points now. Um, what are you like? What do you play besides Outlands? Just, and I'm and I'm gonna say for for enjoyment, <laughs> for no other reason. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it kind of it kind of depends on what sort of like life cycle or not the life life cycle, but what sort of uh, point I'm at as far as outlands and programming. If I'm really into a system, if I'm really like, I mean, during the, exp- the expansion period, I wasn't playing anything. I was I was like ninety percent right. of my free time was on outlands. Um, but when I actually when I have free time, uh, so as far as far as games I've actually I've actually played and beaten probably in the last maybe two years. Uh, well, I'd say Hades. I didn't beat Hades. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you have you played Hades? No, I've wanted to, man. Like in my mind, mentally, there's so many games that like I've wanted to play that I just I haven't had time. But that's one of them that I actually wanted to check out. So yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, so Hades is is from uh, I think it's Supergiant Games. The, the the people that did Bastion, they did Transistor and uh, Pyre, which didn't do very well. But, um, but yeah, it's it's kind of this top down. Isometric Diablo-y style thing, but it's a lot more about fluid movements. But the the the, the thing with the, the that company is they make, they make really fantastically well t- um, told stories, and their voice acting is like fantastic. So it's this game okay. where you're playing. You're, you're, you're basically. I mean, it's you, you, the goal of the game is not the goal, but like the, the game is expecting you to die and a lot, and that's literally <laughs> right. the, the the game. The whole entire mechanics of this game is that basically they're throwing you into a meat grinder where they're expecting you to die. And each time you die, little things shift, and you're getting more little story nuggets. You're getting a little more um, experience from things. You're unlocking stuff, and it's kind of a weird, weird game loop where you were actually ex- excited. You're not excited, but you're, when you die, you're like, okay, well, I'm out, I'm out, I'm, I'm okay right. with that because I'm, I'm going to see now what changed in my world after dying. Hmm. And I and the the game actually when you when you technically beat the game, you unlock more story stuff that kind of at the end. So in order to beat the game fully, you have to I think like beat the game like ten times, or, or oh, wow. it's it's a, it's a lot. And I because I beat the game like five six times. I think that was the that was the point where I'm like, okay, actually I think I'm good now. I I think I learned enough for <laughs> where I'm, I'm I'm ready to move on. But yeah, it's 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 wonderful. It's 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 great. Now um, I'll, I'll I'll throw one game your way that uh, I think sure, it sure. won actually uh, game of the year, but it's called It Takes Two. Yeah, I'm actually. I was. I was gonna mention that. I'm actually playing that now. I have a friend. Wow. I've been, yeah, I've been. I've been playing that. So we're, we're probably about maybe two thirds the way through it. And now, yeah. I, so have I'll, you, you, you played it? I'll say this. I, I start. I played it with my wife, and we beat it from beginning to end. And man, you want to test any sort of relationship, maybe even friendship? <laughs> hell, <laughs> man, that I, it was. And and I guess playing it as parents too, like that game to me was just ten out of ten. I, I mean, we were literally blown away because um, it was one of the first times. Because like my wife is, you know, she plays games not to the level that like you know perhaps you and I do, but she likes she enjoys playing video games when she can or whatever. And like that game, we just got enthralled, man. Like I, I remember we put it on the big screen in the living room. I brought the laptop out there. We had two Xbox controllers and we just went to town. And man, it took us, God, I think like two weeks, you know, because we just played maybe two, three hours, maybe two hours a day or something like that, you know? And man, that it's not easy. I don't know what your opinion is, but it's not an easy game. Are you there? Um pretty you know competent so it's i don't think one person was kind of you know carrying the other in this in this regard but um yeah i i, I think I, I it's 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 impressive how 
<laughs> it's one of those games where they, they have a vision that they carried out fully and from from top to bottom as far as like the graphics like the visual aesthetics in the game are wonderful um, right. the physics and the like i think there's very few points where you get stuck on stuff but at the same time when you actually do accomplish things it feels rewarding which is kind of a, it's it's kind of a really interesting balance of difficulty versus uh reward that yeah i i, I I think, yeah, I can see why. I was I was wondering why I got Game of the Year when I heard about it. Because I, yeah. I heard it was, you know, I, mean, I, I, I kind of presumed it was more of a novelty game that was, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd hear about it on Steam or something and it would just kind of fade away. And um, But no, I've, I've been absolutely floored by how well they seem to have crafted the whole entire world and everything fits together. And yeah, it's, it's great. Well, and, and it like forces you to... You know, take your time and actually think and, you know, think it through. Because a few times we get stuck and I'm like, wait a minute, we must have missed something. Let's go back. And sure enough, there's something small, you know, that we missed or whatever. And yeah, I don't know, man. Like it has very like Mario type vibes to me, you know, like because it's just, I don't know, like I, I really enjoyed it um, thoroughly. And yeah, that that game, gosh, you know, let me see what my playtime is on. How long did it take us to, to beat it? Playtime is 437 hours. Now, I think oh, I wow. may have, Wait, what? I think I may have left it on pause. I think you left it on pause because I, yeah. I, I can't possibly imagine because even people, people playing because <laughs> that, that's that's like Fallout Three and Fallout Four yeah. scour map level, like literally finding every single bunker levels of. Yeah, I, I imagine you, you guys probably are probably in the 20, 20 30 hour range. Yeah, probably. That'd be, that'd be a little more realistic for a slower game. game yeah, because like know, when we put we would put it on in the living room, and then we would just sometimes hit pause, walk away, or whatever. So yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I hate okay. how it does that. Where yeah, damn, it's not really. <laughs> but no, man, yeah, that that game just, uh, yeah, ten out of ten. If anyone hasn't played it, it's listening. Yeah, for sure, pick that up because it's, it's it's ridiculous. Um, okay, um, I wanted to segue because you brought up Skyrim, and it's going to go into this point. Um, one of the big things for Skyrim is the VR, okay? And I'm going to say big thing, not only just for me, but um, kind of brings into a bigger question. Um, have you, number one, have you tried VR? Let's start there. I, I have not, actually. I, which I, My reticence with, with VR is that I, I, I remember the, whenever I watched any sort of 3D movie, I don't get car sick and I don't get uh, motion sickness, but for some reason when I'm watching movies in 3D, it just kind of strains my eyes a bit and it feels yeah. after a while. Just I, mean, I, I wear contacts. I don't have like a, I mean, my prescription is pretty normal, but just okay. I remember watching. I remember watching The Hobbit in 3D, and and then or even Avatar too, like back in 2008. And just thinking after like an hour of this, I'm like, this is this is this is visually neat, but at the same time, it's it's kind of straining. So I, I've always been a little reticent to, to either to get you know a 3d tv which i mean obviously nobody really did that but uh to fully dive into having a vr set or any sort of you know like setup for that okay so yeah i'm really interested in your opinion so like i i do remember the 3d because actually the tv hanging in my office is the oldest tv i think i still own and it's of course you know i get the the crappiest tv it's just how how life goes but um i remember this tv it's it's a sony it's a 3d one and it came i still have the 3d glasses with it but i remember like i remember why but first of all there was like no content back then right like 3d very 
It was very slim. But yeah, I remember just, I didn't get motion sickness, but it was just like, eh, it felt like such a marketing gimmick that I was like, there's no yeah, way this yeah. takes off, right? Just well, and also, no I mean, the other problem too is that like all the people who were filming filming movies, two shows, had to film with additional cameras that were set up to, to do that. Because you, you yeah. had to set up, I mean, obviously because the 3D stuff's polarizing. And... Uh, they had to pay people to film in, th- you know, in three supports, and eventually nobody wanted to do it, and p- p- for good reason, pretty much. I mean, there's, there's a reason why you don't see movies in 3D anymore, or at least they don't advertise them as, as such. I, I don't, I don't, I can't think of the last time I've actually seen a movie that was advertised as being in 3D. Right. It, well, and yeah, because it's. Been, I think people forget, like it, that's it's been around a little while, you know, and it just kind of faded to obscurity now. I'll say I'll give you my my uh, VR you know background is I tried um, the PS VR the PlayStation VR okay uh, the Vita no the the VR no, the, headset uh... oh yeah gotcha gotcha yeah so that's that's my first foray into it we bought it like almost not on release but cl- I mean it's been a, it's it's been out a couple of years I don't know when it, when it fully released maybe me three four years hell I don't know. But we got it, and man, I loved it. Like the family liked it. I was like, "All right, this is uh, like the quality was it was passable, right? It wasn't like you know 4K ultra quality or something like that, but it, it was passable. You could still play games. It wasn't bad. Now the problem with the PlayStation VR was the damn cables attached to it. And okay. in your head, you're thinking like current headsets. Maybe you have one USB-C cable, right? Like going to your computer or whatever. No, like the PlayStation VR, man, there was a whole host of crap that has to be connected to like a separate box and then plug that box in the PlayStation. What it turned into was it was such a long, arduous process to set it up that it started collecting dust because it was like, oh, I don't want to spend 20 minutes <laughs> setting up this damn yeah, device. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well... And and it did. It just it collected dust. We stopped really using it. Then um, we heard about the the Oculus Quest Two, okay. And of course, you know, COVID comes. You know, pandemic hits, and I'm like, well, we gotta try to find <laughs> at home entertainment, right? And and you know, I I think, and I really think this is the rise of VR because a lot of people are in the same boat where it was like, you know, you went to normal life to nothing, and then it was like. What you know, whatever your travel budget was, like that went to you know zero. You weren't, no one went anywhere for a while, you know. So we had some surplus funds, and I was like, all right, you know, what can we buy? We I think we bought like a net for the driveway to play like tennis, you know, stupid stuff like that. And I remember seeing mm-hmm. the VR thing. I'm like, all right, let, let me see. And then I looked it up, and I saw it was wireless. And I'm like, I started scratching my head. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm interested. And I looked at some of the reviews. I'm like, okay. So I ended up getting it because I think it was back then. I think it still is. It was like two ninety nine or something. Yeah, I, th- I think they've the Oculus one. They purposely tried to to keep it keep it reasonable for people. Right. And I was like, okay. So I so I bought it and we brought it home. And man, I tell you what, I I, I fired that sucker on and it was like going from seven twenty to ten eighty, like for quality from the PlayStation. It was night and day it was much better much brighter and then it was like holy crap you're wireless you are completely wireless and it and it still <laughs> blows my mind like you can do this and 
uh, I'll tell you, <clears throat> my perspective is it is absolutely the future. And, and I think there's going to be some people that are going to be caught by surprise because I would say, I think they said they sold 11 to 12 million units of the Quest 2 so far, which is huge. But like it, in the next, let's say, five years, I can't even imagine, you know, the technology, what it's going to look like, you know, then. Um, yeah, yeah. So what's your take? Having never, you know, do you still view it as a gimmick or, you know, what, what's your kind of take on it? Uh, I don't. I don't know because I'm. I'm a little, a little wary to say that, that that's. I think it's gonna be the future because I think we 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 saw that before when. I mean, do you remember remember Google Glass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that yeah, was that, huge. That, supposed that, to be. Yeah. That was because that was supposed to be huge too, and it was the sort of thing where. I mean, they were. They were, I mean, Google was basically expecting this. This was going to be their next big thing, and this was what they're. You know, and then five, ten years from now. All of their stuff's going to be oriented around Google Glass. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be redoing the layouts on, you know, your 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 uh, email just, just so it's it's easier to interact with on your glass. And right, I don't. I think ultimately it comes down to it. Well, okay, I, actually, so to get back to what you're saying, uh, do, do, are there any games that are any good though? Other than, I mean, like, okay, there's Skyrim. Is there anything else that's actually pretty decent in VR? So, and I and I see where you're going with this. I can tell. And it's interesting. I can tell your voice at the beginning of the conversation, you sounded very like, no way, this is almost a joke, but I'm going to tell you, it's not. And here's why. We were playing, and actually, I want to get a second headset. That's how in I'm in on the system, because I want to play with like my son or whoever. But in any case, there's a ping pong, right, um, VR. And man, conceptually, before I got this headset, I was thinking of like, man, what was the uh, damn Nintendo one? The... Uh, that it was horrible. It was like a 3D. What was it? You put your. Oh, oh I was gonna get talking about it earlier. Uh, virtual, it? virtual boy. Virtual yes, boy. Yes, virtual boy. Because the whole the, the whole thing was it was, <laughs> it was, it was like, my 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 cousin got one for Christmas. I, I mean, yeah. like, probably like I don't. I, it was it was early 90s. Maybe maybe like 92 or 93 or so. Uh, I think it was in between this between Super Nintendo and and 64. But they made this weird little. Um, I mean, basically, it's, it's it's a giant viewfinder you stick your face into. And the whole thing is red. I mean, all, the whole thing is red shape or red colored. The whole thing has a giant weird red hue. I don't know why that was that was what they picked, but, <laughs> but dude, it was yeah. the headache generator. <laughs> and, uh, and that was one of the first first VR things where I tried it. I'm like, okay, this I can't play this for more than 20 minutes without feeling gross and just yeah. like weird. And I and I, I don't normally get get nauseous from that sort of thing. Or you know, or like I, like I said, I, I don't get motion sickness. I don't get. Um, I've I've played games like Descent, which remember you played Descent? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, because there are the people who be like who play that for like ten minutes, twenty minutes, and they're like, okay, I can't do it anymore. I've never had any sort of experience for for gaming where I'm like, I can't do this until I played the Virtual Boy, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do this. And wasn't so it me, like obscenely expensive too? I'm pretty sure. Um, I think I think it was about two hundred bucks. It was two hundred to three hundred yeah. bucks in that ring. It was kind of the, it, was, it was it was generic. Nintendo console, most Nintendo consoles were in that range, I think. And the problem was that they were, it was a it was a big ask trying to get people to, to buy that because there were no games right. for it. There, there was Mario Mario Tennis and like two other ones. Yeah, I, no I one developed for it. Yeah. No, no one developed for it, and that was kind of I think that's always been one of the hurdles for doing VR is there's never been any sort of developer who's willing to go all in on it. And right. it kind of yeah, took. Yeah. Okay, I think it kind of took Valve. I mean, Valve, I think, knew that. And they, they themselves figured they were just going to have to do it themselves. 
because uh, they had Half-Life Alex, which I heard is amazing. I heard that yes. the, the experience of that is, is kind of unparalleled as far as interactivity and uniqueness. But I think the thing there is that they knew that in order to make a good VR game, somebody has to fully buy in on it and they have to completely build the game around being VR entirely, not just porting something, you know, from scratch or right. porting something that already existed. Um, I think Skyrim was one of those ones where just because Skyrim has been around for a million years, that they have the assets, they, them porting it over, they're not doing anything else right now. So they might as well, you know, put, put some time into it, but so okay, to to answer what you were asking me, so um, there's a, there's this ping pong game, right? And this game is it, it's so realistic that you know your controller is you know an actual paddle, right? But I, I'm telling you, Luthius, I, I I almost did this. I, I'm playing ping pong, and you have the table in front of you. I was done playing, and I almost literally put my controller on the table, which is nothing oh. in real life, <laughs> and almost dropped it because I see. Like your brain really thinks you're that it's one of the most wild things, and it's hard to explain until you throw it on. And the other one that was uh really crazy, it's called Richie's Plank Experience, and it's basically you go in an elevator, you pick whatever level, and when the elevator opens, man, there's a plank, and you are like on a skyscraper all the way up, and man, I like I said, it sounds stupid, but golly, man, you your heart's gonna start racing, and you're gonna not want to fall. It's uh, it now I I will say, however, uh, to your point, one of the barriers to entry though is uh, motion sickness for sure. I don't get that personally, um, so you know I can't say like oh you know I got dizzy or something like that. I really don't. I don't have that issue, um, but I will say. There's a new um, MMO that it's actually coming out tomorrow. I, I've pre-ordered it because I really want to play it. It's called Zenith is the name of it. It's an MMO and it's the first one and it's very ambitious that, you know, you're going to be able to jump into this MMO world, you know, as an avatar and just do traditional MMO type things, you know, kill monsters, talk to people. Um I will so say, is it kind of like Elder Scrolls as far as the uh, first person perspective kind of it's, MMO type? Yeah, it's first person. It's like, um, what do they compare it to? The sword, the sword online, or the it's, it has like an anime kind of uh, feel to it. So it's not like a Skyrim uh, world. Uh, sword art online. Yes, that that's I, what people. I, I, I've never actually it watched the show on it. Okay, gotcha. Me, me either. No, but people draw a parallel to it because it's cartoony for sure. Um, but you know, I'm gonna definitely try it because, like, I'm like, man, in, in it, and of course, man, in my head, I'm thinking. Golly, if they could make a UO or a medieval sim in VR, like that's it. Plug me in to the Matrix, you know. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I'm never I mean, leaving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, okay, well, I, I don't know if there was. I mean, once once we kind of hit this peak where there was obviously the the, the rift and we had the uh, the quest, and I think that, I mean there were there were a handful of VR games that were kind of coming out out of no not out of nowhere, but like there was. Oh God, I'm trying to think what there was. Uh, what are some of the um well i'll say like there there are triple a developers now you know we had medal of honor release a game uh star wars is in on it big time uh i don't you know they released a whole like star wars episode of the of the cantina or something like it's it's a it's a full-fledged game just for the quest too like there are legitimate games now 
I'm, and I'm going to blow your mind too. I, I'm probably going to sound like a Quest <laughs> representative, right? But I'm really, I'm really, I don't get a cut if you buy one. But uh, one of the things I, I w- I've been doing lately is with the Quest 2, you have a native uh, Oculus store that's on the headset. You can buy games, whatever. Now, th- this is the other reason why I got it. If you plug in your headset with a USB-C to your computer, it allows you now to play Steam VR games, which... I was like, man, again, we're talking about value proposition, right? Like, this is it, you know? So, like, in my, you know, desktop rig, I have a 3080. So, I can, you know, it does the processing power on your de- in your desktop rig, and then your, you know, headset is literally just a screen at that point. And you can kind of, you know, really upscale the resolution on, on your, you know. But, again, you're, you're plugged in. I'll say they do have a wireless feature called AirLink that allows you to do the same thing via Wi-Fi. Um, but my point in telling you that is this is the first device that I've seen that is like, you know, all in where I can do it on the computer. I can do it traveling natively, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you can really, you know, play any sort of VR experience you want. And um, I'm going to, and I'm going to tie this into the, to the metaverse. Um, what is your kind of take? And I'm super curious on this, on the metaverse in general, like, you know, do you know about it? What, what's your kind of feel? Uh, yeah. So I'm, I, I don't know. I, it, it's weird because we've, we've technically already kind of had this in, in certain forms already. I mean, you're, you know, the game second life, right? Or I yes. guess, um, it's been around guy. yeah, I'm using the word game loosely. It's more of a, I mean, it's, it's just kind of a, standing universe how long has uh, that been around isn't decades it's probably i think early 2000 like 2002 maybe yeah it's it's, it's been a while time. yeah okay it, it's okay it's been around old enough where there was an episode of the office where dwight's in the in in uh <laughs> second life with his own with with his own character doing yeah like so it, it, it's <laughs> yeah. early 2000s we're, right. yeah, we're coming up like 20 years now and i don't know i i guess i i'm still kind of trying to figure out what sort of purpose it's or what sort of uh need it's serving because i mean obviously people have facebook and social media uh there's been a bit of a back you know a bit of a um, uh what, what do you call it or backlash in general against against kind of social media right so and, and i think people and, and people you know obviously people have been cutting the cord people have been cutting you know canceling their facebook accounts and i don't know i i'm not sure if 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 people are going to Trying to okay, I, I guess I think part of it is whether or not you you if is the metaverse going to represent you as you as a person. So like if you're on Facebook, you are your person. You're you know I'm I'm you know my name. You're your name. You're not going as some avatar. Uh, whereas I wonder if the metaverse, if Facebook's going to try to say, okay, you are you're this you know alter ego in the metaverse, right. or is it just or is it just a second life representation of who you are? Uh, I don't. I don't think the whole sort of like here is a you know a uh, second life digitalized version of who you are represented is going to have a whole lot of interest from people because we've we've had that before. Uh, I think people are playing games more. I think people like having anonymity of the internet. Like people like being yeah. in Discord, and I mean in Discord you can kind of you still kind of who you are, but you can still craft what your persona is per se. And it's not reflected directly on you as a individual, really. Nobody knows who, you know, somebody is by just seeing their 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 you know their their name or yeah. their their character in Ultima Online or whatever. So I don't know. I, I guess I guess 
I'm still not really certain what Facebook is trying to do, if they're trying to make it something where you can be an alter ego, if it's something that's supposed to be a digital representation of who you actually are currently. I think that kind of depends on what angle they go with it, whether or not it's going to be, uh, you know, adoptable by people or not. Well, and I think it's fair. You're you're on the fence, right? It's one of those we're yeah, not yeah, really sure. Yeah. How the, now, I'm going to give you my – this is my take on it. Um, first of all, I tried because if, you, if you've noticed, uh, and gosh, I watch, I, I do watch some, well, first of all, I don't watch the news. I read like articles, right? And one of the, th- there's been a, like a rise in these articles about the metaverse recently. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's been, um, so first of all, Snoop Dogg, right? He went in with, uh, a metaverse company. I forgot the name of it, but anyway, um, they have their own metaverse and people are paying, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, to carve out their house, their property in this, I'm going to put in air quotes, metaverse, right? And of course, oh, they, yeah, it's, it's, well, okay, it's, 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 I mean, pretty much this is all within the last two, three years where everybody, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously the game, the whole GameStop thing kind of kicked off. Everybody, we're, we're in a weird, a weird, um, <laughs> uh, bubble of speculation Every, everything is speculative everything everyone everyone thinks that everything is going to make them rich everything everyone thinks that they're going to preemptively set up shop somewhere uh they're going to buy up all the nfts first they're going to buy they're going to you know they're going to buy all the real estate and whatever right. virtual worlds and everybody's just trying to gamble on what they think is going to in five ten years or even less than that actually honestly uh like two or three years is going to make them some money so I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm still. I, I think NFTs are a, just a gigantic scam. That's just me. Yeah. And so I, I think. Never I, so I feel like. On to I feel that like, either. Yeah, I feel like the metaverse thing, that aspect of things, even like with with Second Life. I mean, there's I mean, there's people who sell stuff in Second Life like for a living, which is right. kind of baffling to me. But but then again, again, then again, I mean, like I, I'm in UO where people are selling you know, real estate there. So it's it's. I suppose you can't really say one is one is more legitimate than the other, but I do feel that the, the sheer amount of speculation going on for everything is is kind of is kind of comical. That people are just creating thing. People are creating their own scarce their own scarcity on things and then yeah. trying to sell sell that scarcity from scratch. That's it's it's kind of a crazy concept. That's me. Well, and I tried. I, f- I forgot what news article I had, like Washington or Washington Post. Oh, some someone posted like, "Oh, this metaverse." So I ended up clicking it and just seeing. I'm like, "All right, let me create a quick account." Right, it's a free account. It took me like five minutes. I jump in and it's like, dude, I'm in like this 2D pixelated Roblox experience, and I'm like, this sucks, you know. But and, and again, I'm thinking on my view, where I'm like, dude, I have something like UO or 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 any other. Well, yeah, I mean, you're expecting a re- <laughs> you're expecting a Ready Player One type of virtual world. Or... Yes, my and, yeah. and I think you're or probably with me too. Right, we're our level of expectation is way beyond. I'm like, dude, this is a 2D guy running around someone's world. And yes, I, I will say this: if there's a celebrity, whatever little property around him, sure, that's going to be worth you know big money. You know. Whenever Snoop Dogg logs in once a month, right, to, you know, say hi for publicity, yeah, those properties may be worth something. But I'm like, on these, unless it's a huge company like Facebook, you know, maybe I could see when they create theirs and like, you know, uh, 
there's actual property to buy, maybe just because it's going to appeal to hundreds of millions of people, right? It's a numbers game at that point. Maybe you can make some cash, but I'm like, man, I, who in the hell is is paying two hundred grand for you know virtual? I, I don't know, man. That, yeah, that, that I mean, seems well, crazy. It, it, yeah, it's a lot. It's I mean, there's there's a there's a giant uh, school of thought. Not school of thought. But like there there's there's people thinking that the whole thing is a giant money laundering scheme, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, there's actually a there's a, there's a number of people who think that most of these sales that are going on for these prices are actually the people themselves who made it, <laughs> yeah. who made it, uh, sell, buy it themselves under an alias and using crypto, and then yeah. then then reselling it afterwards with the idea that so you know if somebody says oh I sold this this you know this ape or whatever for five thousand or ten thousand, and then uh, then tells another person hey do you want to buy it I'm I, I for whatever reason I'm selling it for three thousand. And then somebody like, oh yeah, hold that, that, that's a huge, that's a great deal. I, somebody else just bought it, <laughs> bought it a month ago for ten thousand. That ten thousand was not an actual, an actual person. That was basically right. just somebody purposefully raising, creating false demand for something, and essentially scamming people into thinking that the value of something is way worth more than it than it than it, than it is. And right, and, and that's but, why I'm I'm not really sold on. The metaverse, perhaps. However, I am very sold like on a VR type metaverse because to me, that's way more like personal. It's way more like I'm connected. I mean, it's not just I'm in a browser, you know, and I'm a 2D block running around. To me, that I have no interest in that. That doesn't sound fun at all. But the VR aspect, I think, which we haven't really even. Like that doesn't even exist yet, right? But I think once the VR side of it comes, I think it'll be really cool, right? Where you could, you know, jump in this world, you know, and, and but you have the heads, you know, it's like the experience for me, right? I have to have a headset. I got to like, you know, if they can make it look like an actual city, that would be pretty badass. That's, I think perhaps I'm like 20 years in the future. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I, well, okay. I think you're thinking of the point where the actual lobby has interactive things to do that are fun. Because every, yeah. every time I've seen seen videos of people in a VR environment, they're all just walking around this giant, weird open area where it's like half the people are anime anime girls and then half of them are, 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 <laughs> half, half yeah. of them are, are Sonic. And... Right. They're not really doing anything other than just talking, which you can, I mean, all they're doing is basically you're already doing on Discord. They're, they're just doing it with an animated avatar, but they're still, they're still not playing anything really. Well, and I'll tell you, um, and I'm a huge proponent of it, you know, for the price point, I think you'll absolutely get your money's worth. Um, like my son, he plays a game called Rec Room and he plays with another kid and they'll go in their rec room. They can play like basketball. They can run around and go play laser tag or they can go. Mm -hmm. So like, it's interesting to me. And that's why I'm kind of telling you this, like from his, from my son's perspective, he's almost growing up with this knowledge of, oh yeah, I jumped in VR and for instance, his friends on the PlayStation VR, it's crossplay. They both can play Rec Room. He's on, my son's mm -hmm. on the Quest 2, he's on the play. And then they can like, hey, we went and, you know, we climbed, he said there was like some rock wall thing they climbed, you know, the other night together. And I was like, man, that, it's really cool. Like when you, when you really think about that, imagine if we were, you know, 10, 11 years old and we were in VR playing with our, like, it's a pretty cool concept to think. And that's yeah, why, yeah. I, like, I, I do believe there is some sort of future to it. I don't think it's going to be like, you know, 
HD DVDs or something, you know, that's going to go like wayside sure. because, because I yeah. do think, you know, they saw, like I said, 10 million is an impressive number of these units. Like they're out there. So there's definitely, mm-hmm. you know, a market for it. Um, but okay. So I'll wrap up the VR one. We went in the weeds on that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's just, it's a fun thing. So, okay. Oh, yeah. No, no, I, I actually, I mean, I had some, I had a conversation with my friends actually a couple days ago about both about VR and both about uh, crypto, just like what the future is, that kind of stuff. And we had very, very, very uh, different opinions on what the the 10 years is going to look like as far as what things actually stick around and what things aren't. But yeah, I, yeah, like, I think every, I, the whole metaverse and VR stuff, I think everybody has their own sort of view of what would be cool to have. And it's really going to be sorting out what sort of things are marketable and what sort of things are, you know, are, you can sustain. Yeah, like, dude, I, I'm definitely willing to spend three hundred dollars on headset, but I'm not going to remortgage my house to buy some virtual property, right? There's a yeah. huge, you know, distinction there. I want to be clear that some people, I think, are a little too far off their reservation. Where I'm like, come on, spend a hundred, couple hundred bucks, and just have some fun, right? I mean, it's not that <laughs> serious yet, but um, yeah. uh, um, okay. So first of all, let, let's let's talk about phone stuff. Are you Apple or Android? Uh, I am actually Apple, which is weird because I've wow. been a P- I know well, I've been a PC. I've never actually owned a, a any sort of Apple computer ever. Okay. I've always been PC, but for some reason, I, I just I don't know some, something about the early Android stuff kind of bothered me. I don't know, just like the I think the the App Store didn't have a lot of good support for Android, and I don't know some of the interface on the on them just kind of bothered me. I, I like Apple seemed way cleaner. Yeah, and for a phone that seemed to matter a lot more. For for a computer, I, I like the fact that computers. I mean, like, uh, I mean, this is the, the the PC versus the Mac. Macs were basically, you know, like safety scissors as far as it, you, you, it's hard to screw, <laughs> them, screw things up. But yeah. I, I like I like that about computer for, for PCs. But when it comes to phones, it kind of, it kind of one eighties where I like clean, simple interfaces and right. things that kind of work. And then that, and the App Store was just better. So well, I, yeah. And- I'm I'm an Apple guy too, uh, you know, for phone at least. And I remember I had the original Google. The G, it was called the G1. Gosh, I remember when it first came out. I remember buying it because, of course, I was young, stupid. I bought you know whatever the latest greatest thing was, and I just remember it was so god awfully slow. And then I remember every couple years, maybe three years, I would try an Android, and it just felt sluggish to me. Like the interface, things loading, it just. You know, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It, it felt slower than the iPhone, right? The whole like customization thing. I'm like, I don't know, man. I, who cares? Yeah, you know, I, I can change yeah. my wallpaper and my ringtone. <laughs> you know, I don't know what else. To, I'm not hacking my phone, right? I, I sure. care less. I, I, I think in general, Apple they had so much more control of their of their product because they I mean everything for them yes. was proprietary. And whereas if you know like Samsung and all these other other companies that had these phones, they didn't they weren't technically in charge of the whole entire environment. They were using somebody else's environment. Yeah. So I think that I think you're you're going to get a little bit more variation in terms of performance in terms of experience yeah yeah so i for me when it, when it comes to phones I, I i've never been a really i mean like historically speaking like I, I never did complex stuff with my phones so i like right. clean simple and yeah and okay for so PC, for, for pcs i'm extremely messy right oh no for sure so okay so man luthius you're, you're in your the dentist waiting area you're waiting for your appointment you pull up your phone man what 
are the games or maybe just a game that what's installed on your phone, man? What do you, what is your go-to game? So for, it's, it's, so for phone, there's actually not a ton of games. I have, there's a couple of them. Um, there's a game called, okay, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not gonna butcher this, but there's a game called Agricola or Agricola. Okay. It's, um, it's, you know, Settlers of Catan? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a similar, similar style game where you have resources that you're you're building. Except in this case, you're basically building a farm. It's kind of like Settlers of Catan meets Farmville. Okay. Uh, and I, I discovered the board game about seven eight years ago, and I absolutely love it. And then I found that there's a group of people who actually no, I tried to I tried to myself make my own version of the of the the game in in uh, I, try, I think I tried to use it in the either Corona or. It was some sort of interface to, to, to actually try to build build it on Android, on an Android phone or a tablet. Okay. Yeah. I, I I got about halfway through it and I was like, ah, screw it. And then about <laughs> a year a year later, somebody finally came along and made a uh, an app version of it, and it's fantastic. They did a wonderful job with it. Uh, but I have I have that on my phone. Um, that and Settlers Catan, I actually have that too. That's it though. I, I don't play it. That's pretty much it for phone. I'm actually okay, more yeah. of, of an of an iPad guy as far as when it comes to like to. A, uh, portable stuff. Yeah. Well, and yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say like, I know for the family here, um, we do the Apple arcade. That's our big thing because I think it's like five bucks a month and all those games have no microtransactions. <laughs> you know, so oh, it's like, yeah, yeah, no. I, I, I've never gotten, I, I'm trying to give us any game I've actually played there where they had microtransactions, micro. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I, I think, <laughs> I, I just can't stand. I, I, I can't stand that sort of thing. Every, everything right. I buy is is usually a something that's either there was a Steam version of it at some point, or it was it was completely built to mimic a first, you know, a uh, an actual like console like game. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, have you ever put FTL? Man, no. But uh, there was a guy, a friend, a while ago that was like absolutely addicted to that game and i mean the level of his addiction he told me he said i think he went back for to get his master's i don't know or something where he, he told me he goes hey man literally i had to like uninstall it off my computer because <laughs> i was and i was like really so go ahead and explain your experience with it because it seems to have a cult following oh okay so i originally had it on steam and i played it a bunch but then i got an ipad and it's been, been kind of my go-to ipad games whenever if I'm like on vacation somewhere or just I, I, I'm going to be somewhere where I know I'm, I, I know I'm going to have to occupy myself for, you know, an hour or two. Right. I, I feel like I mean, I probably put a couple hundred hours into it. It's 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 great. Do you, do you know the concept of it or no? No. Go ahead. Yeah. Because he, he kind of explained a little bit, but his level of addiction was so deep that he couldn't conceptualize that I had no idea about the game. OK, OK. okay. <laughs> well, so, so the basic concept is you, 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 t you have a, a starship. And the starship, the perspective of it is top down. So you're looking at sort of like a dissected version of a ship, where okay. the ship is broken broken into rooms, and each of the rooms is essentially little like tiles. So like a the the, the engine room is like three or four little little square tiles. Yeah. And the what you what you do is you you manage little crew members. So you have about anywhere you start with typically three crew members. And you you're, you basically have to tell the crew members what part of the ship to, to be in, and based on where they're at in the ship, they'll they'll kind of power up shields or they'll, or they'll uh, power the engine or the yeah, the engines or the the weapons and stuff. Yeah. And you get into these little battles with well, so it's uh, you 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 
I mean, the, the bulk of the game is you battling other ships, and you're going. It's, it's a roguelike, so you have this sort of pathway through the galaxy where you are uh, picking on a map, kind of like a sort of a, a, a through, going through a maze where each each little little place you jump to is going to have a random encounter, and you are managing your ship. You're getting different weapons. All of the weapons have different amounts of energy they take, so you're kind of juggling around how you're you know your how you're you're powering up your ship. Your ship gets damaged, and thing, rooms will catch on fire. So you need to send your little people over to the rooms to put, put the fires out. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you'll get some enemies will beam over, and you'll have to like fight them in in hand to hand combat. Uh, but yeah, it's, the schemes. I mean, it's it's a the interfaces for this game is just fantastically built. Where just the the you you sending your little people around the rooms because it's it's in real time, so it's it's not turn based. You're actually in real time wow. moving these people around. And it's a little bit of micromanagement. It's a little bit of strategy. It's uh, there's a little bit of kind of everything. In that, yeah, it, 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 there's a lot of different um, boxes it ticks as far as hitting that sort of dopamine of like you accomplishing uh, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's 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 great. It's I, it, it's probably like five ten bucks on Steam still. You can you can get an iPad. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's 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 a low risk like super high reward game as far as you're you know picking up. Uh, yeah, definitely go for it. Uh, as far as also iPad stuff, uh, XCOM. Uh, okay, they made, yeah. Yeah, I was I was a huge XCOM fan. I, I think I probably have like 300, 300 hours into the original. When I say original, I mean I mean the ones for, you know the the for Axis, the ones from about seven eight years ago. Right. Um, I, I did I did play the original ones when they came out on PC a long time ago in the mid nineties. But like yeah, XCOM, the most recent ones, uh, they have them on iPad and it, it translates perfectly well, which is which is great. Oh yeah, no man. That <laughs> I remember playing that a ton uh, growing up uh, for sure. Um, man, I, I tell you what, Luthius, this has been like I, I, I don't even think this is an interview. It's more of a conversation, man. Um, yeah, I, it was I, great. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. Uh, and once again, I, I sincerely appreciate you just sitting down and showing you know more of a human side to you. Uh, so again, thank you. Yeah, no, definitely. That's it's great. I, I, it, it, I have, the weird thing is I actually took some notes as far as like different kind of games and things and I have the list I have of things I didn't even talk about game wise is just like it's it's huge there's all these like <laughs> random I, I didn't even talk about my my uh, immense obsession with Dark Souls wow <laughs> yeah well I tell you what you know I wouldn't be surprised if a part three pops up at some point in uh, you know 2022 for sure um because yeah i feel like we didn't even come close to what you know we wanted to talk about um but is there anything else as we wrap up you wanted to say um actually i'm gonna do a one random sales pitch for we're talking about games that you you know like i grew up with and the games i'm playing now uh there's this one game called star control have you heard of it i've yes but i'm not familiar okay it's a it's a it's a top-down I, well, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a space adventure that came out in like nineteen ninety one I think or or so, and the the guys that created it, uh, they basically the game was re released by if you're the three do the the the, yes. comp, the game system yeah 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 so this this game was released on PC three do picked it up and they they made a um a CD based version of the game where they re recorded all of the or they they took all of the the games text based dialogue and recorded in, in kind of quirky audio and um so, so so there was a sort of weird version of the game that existed on 3do that was kind of the upgraded version of it but nobody ever played it the guys that created the game 
decided to, in I think 2003 or so, re-release it for free to everybody as uh. open source. And so there's an op- open source version of this game called the uh, Star Control 2, the Urquan Masters. And it's I started playing it again about maybe a month ago, and I got hooked onto it again, which is kind of crazy <laughs> thinking thinking about playing a game that old. Right. Uh, everything about this game holds up. It has this sort of amazing Mass Effect style, um, like globe trotting or world, you know universe trotting things where you're meeting alien races and inter- interacting with them. The the story is amazing. It's got a lot of interesting kind of fun harvesting and collection elements and. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, it's, it's, it's a free game. People can pick up. I think people should definitely give it a try. It kind, of, it kind of has a lot of the things I like about gaming. Even right. now, it still scratches that sort of itch of exploration and risk reward. And yeah, so. Well, kind of weird. I hope, I hope you remember all these because I'm going to ask for the links for these games that you talked about because I'm, I took a few notes, but I'm not going to remember all of them uh, because I will link them. You know. Uh, in the description here, like of, of, you know, whatever, you know, games that I want to link to everyone because I haven't heard of some of these. So I'm definitely interested in that. Um, So, uh, but no, man, uh, sincerely, thank you again. I I appreciate your time and uh, man, we'll do this again. Cool. Looking forward to it.